0: Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning, Haley. Happy weekend, Dan. One and all. You're listening to the Repcolite Home Improvement Show, sponsored by Benjamin Moore. And this week is the mold extravaganza on the show. It's mold episode, the mold episode. Give
1: me such anxiety.
0: Yeah, we're going to talk about mold, obviously, right? Yeah. But it's not going to be all mold.
1: No, we are going to have koala insulation on the show as well,
0: and we're going to talk about insulation. And mold. mold. So, (laughs) yeah, we're going to start talking about mold. Take a break for koala insulation. Have a little mold conversation in the middle there. (laughs) And then we're going to end with a nice helping of mold before we wrap the show up. And, yeah, Haley kind of tipped her hand there. It's giving her utter anxiety. Yes. You said this is, I think, what you said. Maybe you were just being ridiculous and hyperbolic. But Mm. you said this was your greatest fear. Not piranhas, not crocodiles, <laughs> but mold in I your mean, walls. when
1: do I really need to worry about crocodiles or piranhas? Mold? That's silent. It could be anywhere, anytime. Killing me, and I don't even
0: know. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> if piranhas are killing you, you're probably going to know. So, yeah, in that regard, it's maybe a better greatest fear. Maybe we should do a whole segment or a whole episode on greatest fears, but that's not going to be today. We're going to talk about mold and mildew. It's not a fun topic, but really it's important to talk about because mold and mildew can both cause a lot of problems if left unchecked. So let's get into it. How can we defend our homes? How do we deal with mold or mildew when we find it?
1: But honestly, like, are they the same as the first conversation? Because they're kind of... Used interchangeably, but yeah. they are
0: different. Well, they are. They, but like you said, they're used interchangeably, and that's not surprising. Right. You know, there's a lot of similarities here. Both are types of fungi. They hang around, go out on the town, <gasps> do all the big okay. stuff, right? <laughs> they The fungi. Yeah. <laughs> Both of them are like that. Both develop because of excessive, unchecked moisture in mm-hmm. confined spaces, so crawl spaces, basements, yeah, your attic, showers, yeah, your attic, all kinds of things like that. Both do that. Both can be found on similar materials. Wood products, ceiling tiles, cardboard.
1: Wallpaper, carpets, drywall, insulation, all of the nice porous materials that fill our homes. Yeah.
0: Both can eventually damage a home and both can cause health concerns. Yeah. So that's why Haley's concerned. So you've got all <laughs> of these things that make them very similar. Right. Yet there are some key differences. And really, those differences determine how concerning the problem is and how easy it is to fix.
1: Right. Because mold is by far the worst of the two. Right. I mean, mildew is friendlier mold.
0: Right. It's, 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 yeah, a funner of the fun guy. Yes. The most fun of the fun guys. Mildew usually grows on the surface of materials right. and it spreads outward. So really, any damage that mildew causes- It's pretty cosmetic. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. And because it's just a surface growth, it's really pretty easy to clean. You know, You just need a store-bought cleaner, soft scrub brush, and a rag, and you can take care of mildew- Relatively straightforward, Moles, relatively easily.
1: On the other hand, it digs in, right? Well,
0: right. In like nature, it rots things. Right. In, in nature, its primary purpose is decomposition. Mm-hmm. So it spreads quickly, it burrows, it causes yeah. structural damage, not just cosmetic damage. And then, depending on the size of the infestation, which that's what they call it, an infestation. And I can't think of very many things that. We are call positive. infestation that's right. good. An infestation of love in his heart. No, that's <laughs> not how it's said. So when you hear the word infestation, you right away know something is up. Yeah. It's something negative. And that
1: you may need professional help as to well. remove it.
0: Right. Right. You may need professional help, <laughs> but <laughs> you also balls. may need professional right. help to remove it. And they might not be the same people. Just depends on how bad the infestation <laughs> is. Anyway, how do you tell what you're dealing with? How do you tell what's mold? And what's mildew? And it's kind of pretty easy. Mildew is pretty much basically white or gray in its early stages, and it can get dark or kind of brown as it gets older. It's dry.
1: Right, kind of like powdery, and it always appears as flat, small dots growing outward on the surface. And it smells, you know, a little
0: bit musty. Yeah, if you like to determine things by smell, it's mildly musty. I read somewhere that people compare mildew to. Slightly damp socks. Okay. <laughs> and I couldn't really find the value in that because that seems like that could be pretty, pretty pungent.
1: Depending on the foot. Yeah. I yeah.
0: Mean. So anyway, I left that out, but now I've brought it back in. Anyway, mold is usually colorful.
1: Right. It's green. Like
0: green. Oh, yeah.
1: Red. The paint blue. people.
0: We love mold because of all the colors and the excitement of it.
1: And then there's black. We all know the.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Black mold. It often looks fuzzy, so it's got texture. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, it's a design element. (laughs) Color, texture. It can be slimy. Slimy, so touch and feel. Well, I guess that's texture. It usually appears in an irregular spotted pattern. Right. And pungent. It's musty, way stronger than mildew when it comes to the smell. So really, really bad socks. Oh, yeah, really bad. The worst socks. (laughs) The worst. The worst. Gym socks from that one kid. We all know. Anyway, how do you treat mold and mildew if you find it? Well, the first thing, you need to figure out what you're dealing with. Is it mold or is it mildew? Right.
1: Is it mildew, which is a service problem, or is it mold that can burrow in and cause that structural damage? And that's you know generally a bigger deal.
0: Yeah. So determine what you're dealing with, then identify the source of the problem, and take steps to repair it. You know, mold and mildew can start to grow on a damp surface. This part was kind of eye-opening to me. Mm -hmm. And I think if anything scared me in all of this, this is what scared me. Mold and mildew can start to develop on a damp surface as quickly as 24 to 48 hours after the surface has been dampened. So there's no point dealing with the consequences of a problem, you know, dealing with your mold and mildew, if you haven't addressed that initial problem. Because if there's a leak or something like that, within just hours it can already start to be regrowing. So definitely figure out what you're dealing with, then identify the source of the problem and take steps to fix that. And now you need to figure out if this is a DIY or a do-it-for-me kind of a thing.
1: Right. Mildew, like we said, is more of a surface problem, so it's pretty easy to clean up. Basically just mist the surface with a vinegar solution or a mildew killing cleaner there are specific ones and then wipe it clean with a sponge you know frequently change the water as you go because if you don't you're technically redepositing all those mildew spores back into the same area so that's a big
0: problem yeah don't don't do all of that and then wring (laughs) your rag out and just store it in your bucket and then a couple of months later get it down and wipe everything down again because you'll spread it everywhere be careful about that if it's mold, it definitely can be a much bigger problem, and the general rule of thumb here is if the infestation is bigger than 10 square feet, or if you're highly sensitive to mold, you're gonna to wanna to get a professional. Now, if you're going to do the work, you want to make sure that you're going to wear the right protective gear, Yes. an N95 mask, rubber gloves. Rubber
1: gloves, gloves, eye protection, wear goggles.
0: Right. Old clothes in case you're dealing with bleach. Basically get all suited up.
1: Yeah. I mean, they make those hazmat suits, right?
0: (laughs) Right. Go whole hog into this. And then when it's time to actually start the work, you're going to start by removing all the porous materials that have extensive mold growth on them. So drywall, carpet, wallpaper, ceiling tiles.
1: Yeah. If it can't be thoroughly cleaned and dried out, just get rid of it.
0: Right. And when you're hauling this out of your home, haul it out of the closest door to get it outside.
1: Or make a tour and then just spread all the yeah. spores. Right.
0: Because if you <laughs> go through the whole house, you're just spreading more spores exactly. and that can cause a problem. So it is serious. Just take the shortest route to get out of the house with the stuff. Be careful and get it out. Then once you got that done, you're going to hit the hard surfaces. Clean them with soap and water, maybe a white vinegar solution. If it's really bad, spray it on and let it sit for an hour and just kill the mold and then come back and wipe it clean.
1: And if you're working in areas where it's not practical to eliminate all of the moisture, you can use something a little heavier duty, get some bleach and some water, and then I'll keep it under control.
0: Yeah, one cup of bleach and five gallons of water. That will definitely help. Make sure you're ventilating yes. and wearing that protective gear. Then you've got to let the area dry thoroughly. It should be dry for about 48 hours before you put it back into service.
1: And then, you know, keep an eye on things.
0: <laughs> yeah, you've got to continue to inspect those areas for moisture and the signs of new mold growth. You may need to make further repairs or remove more material right. before you're actually done. So, Haley, what do you think? Are you still utterly freaked out or did all of that really help? I can't imagine that any of that helped you.
1: Well, you know, I feel better and that I probably would notice a smell. All right. You know.
0: All right. Yeah. Well, there you go. You've got something positive to take with you to overcome some of these fears. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll be in the studio with Koala Insulation. That's all next. Stick around. And we're back. And Haley and I are joined in the studio by Chaz Verity, the sales and marketing manager from Koala Insulation of Grand Rapids. Chaz, thanks for being here.
2: Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
0: Now, we're excited to talk about insulation. We haven't covered a lot of this.
2: Mm-mm.
0: you know. We haven't hit this topic really in the past, and this is really kind of fun for us. We've got stores now on the east side of the state.
1: Right, in Detroit.
0: Yeah, and so as we interview people, we're always trying to find out, you know, how do we get, you know, people that will cover- Both sides covered. <laughs> right, because the show airs out there as well, and Chaz, I know Koala Insulation of Grand Rapids services the Grand Rapids area, but Koala Insulation- is all over the state, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. it's all over the state. It's actually a franchise um, originated down in Melbourne, Florida, and it's just grown all over the United States.
0: So um, it's everywhere. So everywhere the RepcoLite Home Improvement Show goes, there's, there's a koala a insulation somewhere that you can go talk to. <laughs> or close by. Yeah. Yes. So we yeah. want to talk about insulation. We've got a lot of our own questions, mm-hmm. but I think right off the bat, let's just start simple. And I guess it's actually going to be science-y because you guys got on your website a learning center and you've got a number of different articles. And I started with one where, you know, what is insulation? How does insulation work? Right. And then, you know, it starts and I'm tracking and then all of a sudden we're talking second law of thermodynamics. And I'm thinking, (laughs) okay, we're just going to wait till Chaz gets here and we'll see him. How does insulation work? Walk us through that. I know it's basic but let's just start at the beginning.
2: So just the basic. Basic insulation is just about controlling heat. I mean, it's 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 about keeping the heat in in the winter and the heat out in the summer. You know, it's about air sealing a house and or an uh, apartment building, or it could be a new build, construction site. And it's also going to be used for sound, too. But okay. majority of the time, uh, we're trying to take care of people's needs about controlling their environment. Mm-hmm. You know, as simple as I said, you know, keep the heat in in the winter and the heat out in the summer.
0: So we've got R values. That's a term that gets used all the time. I know when I was looking at doing some things in the house, there's there's certain rates yes. I've got to be at or ranges that I've got to hit.
1: When I was doing the garage, I was insulating and I've got, you know, just that pink board, mm-hmm. you know, the foam. foam and I realized afterwards that I had really overkilled the wall insulation and I totally underdid it on the ceiling. Using that, so I know that there's very specific R values for where you're using the insulation as well. Can you talk a little about well,
0: what, what is R? Our, yeah, yeah, what is R value is <laughs> in the first place? You know, and how is that determined? Yep. And then we'll go from there.
2: So R value is just the resistance value. It's the rate that heat passes through and transfers through it. Okay. And like I was saying about controlling heat, keeping it in, keeping it out. So you know they they the regu- they put out regulations of how mo- the code code has. Grown over the years, mm-hmm. you know, for walls um, and for attic insulation. You know, for a long time, in walls, two by fours are thirteen. Well, that's the rate of heat transfer through the walls. Okay. Where in an attic, it used to be R thirty eight. Well, it's changed now. Code has improved, and as much as energy, um, walls are you know for new builds are R twenty. Okay. And and, and in attics are R forty nine. Wow. You know, it's just it's, it's about Again, just controlling the rate. So it's the resistance value that the heat transfers through it. Okay, that makes sense.
0: Okay. So with that kind of as our foundation, you know, those are some of the basic terms that are gonna get used. Let's talk about the different insulation options out there. I mean, there's all kinds of different things. There's blown in fiberglass, blown in cellulose, open cell spray foam, bats, all kinds of different things. Walk us through some of the pros and the cons. You know, just help us understand the products a little bit.
2: Yeah, I mean each one has its its unique uh, you know, identity and what it's used for. I mean, blown in, you know, like you said, is blown in fiberglass, blown in cellulose. That can be used up in the attics. It depends on, sometimes it's the customer needs or sometimes it's the specs that are called out or the, or the builders, you know, we try to follow those needs. And then, you know, fiberglass bats can be put in the walls. You can also do what's called a wall spray. It's a wet spray blown in cellulose. Um, that can be done in walls as well. Okay. Uh, it's It's a pretty cool, unique thing that we, we just started here in Grand Rapids. Okay. And we do spray foam. We, do we in Grand Rapids, we do closed-cell spray foam. Koala insulation as a whole all over the United States. You can do open and closed, but we find that the, the area that we're in of the United States is called Zone 5. That's the code I have to follow with the insulation world. Um, I have a better chance of reaching the R value with closed cell than I do open cell.
1: What's the difference between those? Like, do they look different or are we just talking about our values? Um, It's both. Okay. So
2: closed cell is, I mean, uh, spray foam, closed cell is two chemicals that come together. It's an iso and a resin. They come together and once they form, it becomes the spray foam. That's why we do it on open walls or open areas of the territory or the area that we're trying to insulate. I always think the R value on closed cell it ranges anywhere from like per inch like R seven so you know seven point one seven point four but we just say R seven. Open cell you can do but you need twice as much. Okay. Every inch of open cell is half the R value of closed cell. Okay.
0: So why would you do open cell if that's the case? What would that? What would you ever gain from that?
2: Um, open cell is really really good for sound, but we also find. Where we are in the United States, we're going to spray uh, closed cell more in this area, where down south, it's a lot warmer, humid. Sure. They use open cell more than they do closed cell for controlling heat. Right. Because of humidity. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So...
0: All right, so it's all a lot of it's just based on. In where fact, almost at. yeah, most of it seems to be based on where you're at. Obviously. Pretty much, yeah, yeah, all right. pretty much. So now you mentioned something, and I'm going to sound <clears throat> completely stupid here, but the audience is used to that. You mentioned. Something that you sprayed before you got to the spray foam stuff. You were talking about something that you started doing. Koalas starting to do.
2: Yeah. What is
0: that? I wanted to dig it's, into that. It's
2: called wall spray or wet spray. It's it's the way cellulose is sprayed into a wall. So let's say you have a an open wall, two by four, two by six, whatever it might be. Before you know, a, we come in after the mechanicals. Let's say for a new build. Okay. You know, you know after uh, the electrical and plumbing is done, then we come in. The wall spray. You, you, it's just mixed with a little bit of water. It's real simple. It's the, way it's the, the machine will add just a little bit of water, so when we spray it, it fills the cavity, whether it's a 2 by 4 or 2 by 6 Got it. We scrape it down, and then it's stuck. I always, I always compare it like this. Fresh coat of snow. Okay. How, do you, how do you make a snowman, right? Or how do you make a snowball? You take it, can, you compact it together, and now you have a snowman or a snowball. It's the same thing. You pack it in the walls, and it'll stay there. So, all right, yeah, it's, it's so. Is that
1: something that you can do on a current residence? Like you're talking new builds right there, but is this something that you can apply to a home that's been standing?
2: Um, not this method. Okay, we can still put the same product, cellulose, or even blown-in fiberglass, into an existing wall. Okay, um, it's called drill and fill. Okay, so I'll go into a lot of homes around here when homes were right around 1970. Mm-hmm. This is when code started to come to play, you know, give or take about a year or so. Before then, code wasn't in play that you had to hit put insulation in, in homes. Energy was cheaper. It was sure. just the way to do things. So a lot of times you got to look at a home, whether they may have some or they may not, because you don't know what's happened over time. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's say they don't. We do a drill and fill. If it's vinyl siding, we lift up the vinyl. Every chamber, every cavity, you know, 16 on center, we're drilling a hole you know two and a quarter two and a half inch and filling it the best we can you know we'll put cellulose we'll put fiberglass in it
1: so I've got a 1920 craftsman I think I've maybe got this because I've got these little I, they're like little covers <laughs> little round covers that are kind of spaced across the outside of the house yeah
2: they look like little plugs mm-hmm. yeah. yeah exactly yep okay that's the drill and fill so some companies have done it with smaller holes. We do it little bigger holes because it allows us to get in there and make sure that we get the cavities full. So right. vinyl we lift up. Aluminum siding we can, or we just do it right through it, and there's paintable plugs. We can go through people's drywalls too.
0: Um, so you can
1: do it from the inside.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you would like plugs on the inside of your home, because some of us really like the look of those plugs, right? Well, this will feed right into you guys. When we do
2: it in the drywall inside the drywall, our crew will put... Uh, and a plug. We do the first coat of mud. That's as far as we go. Somebody then has to. you got to
1: go get the paint. You
0: see where I'm going with this? <laughs> well, Somebody's going
2: to have partner. to sand
0: it, make it look pretty, and obviously they got to repaint right. it. Yeah, I think you should recommend only doing it from the inside. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll team up. <laughs> I like Double thinking. team, yeah, everybody out there. Yeah. All right. We're in the studio with Chaz Verity from Koala Insulation of Grand Rapids. We're going to take a break, Chaz. There's a number of other questions that we've got. Can you wait with us over a break? Absolutely. Yeah. And then we'll get to these questions on the other side. We'll be back in just a minute with Chaz from Koala Insulation. Stick around. And we're back, and Haley and I are still in the studio with Chaz Verity from Koala Insulation of Grand Rapids. You're the sales and marketing manager. That's correct. So you do all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah. We just do the marketing. Yeah. So we're not quite as...
1: We're not quite as cool.
0: No, not quite as cool. <laughs> anyway, Chaz, we were talking about insulation, all the different things that we could do. Haley was talking about you know, her situation. She's got an older home. What can we do to get it insulated? We talked about blowing it into the walls, cutting holes, or put little holes, drilling little holes. Plugging them. Plugging them, all of that stuff. If you've got little plugs around the outside of your house and you didn't know, that's probably from having insulation blown in at one point or another. Chaz, let's talk about you know a, a specific. I guess I don't want to go specific. I want to talk about what is the most common. There's we covered it in the last segment. There's tons of different types of insulation: spray foams and bats and blown in cellulose. What is most commonly used, and how do you determine that? I, I'm assuming there isn't a most common wow. kind of situational.
2: It is situational. Uh, it, you know, I, I take the approach. I, you know, I listen to what the customer's needs are, mm-hmm. right? I'm not trying to come off as a salesperson. I mean, it, that is my title. I come as, I, I'm trying to approach them as an insulation expert. I'm trying to see what I can do to satisfy their needs and whatever it might be. You sure. know, these older homes, um, they're unique. People have different ideas of what they want to do when it comes to remodeling or, you know, these side addicts that we run into. How can I how can I improve the efficiency of their home? Sure. And I have ideas. Um, it's just a matter of where they want to take it. I mean, we can do tons of blown-in cellulose. I can put fiberglass in their walls. I can put it in their knee walls and some of these side attics. I can just do a simple blown-in up in their attics, whether it's cellulose or fiberglass. It, it doesn't matter. Some have the needs of these older homes were not built to handle the amount of r value needed mm. to get into an attic, you know, to to make it feel comfortable for them. Okay. You know, if you think about some of these older homes that are upstairs and yeah. they're right next to the roof dike. Yes. You can't get enough R value up there. Well, okay. then you then you have a question of spray foaming. You okay. know, if if it's exposed walls, I'll spray foam it, and which I can then give them a nice tight air seal. You know, because then they don't need venting and things like that. So, those are things that can help. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of doing the best I can to meet their needs. And it might be their budget as well, too, and what they're trying to accomplish, whether short-term or long-term.
1: No, that makes sense.
0: Yeah. All right. So what – I mean, I know there are some obvious telltale signs. I'm cold. (laughs) You know, my, my house probably needs insulation. Are there other things that tip people off, other concerns, you know, things they should be looking at that would tell them if they might have an issue?
2: Um, you know, obviously, right here in Michigan, I mean, the winters have been bad, but hasn't been that bad. Just a couple of weeks ago, we had sure. the big storms. Well, as soon as that happened, the telltale is ice dams. Is, your, is the snow melting? Are you getting long icicles on your house? They look pretty. Kids love them. Yeah. But to a homeowner, that's not good. You know, long term, that could be. Wah,
0: wah, wah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Haley, you were all excited because you had insulation, <laughs> but apparently your insulation blows. <laughs> so
1: at least in the attic, maybe it sounds like it needs to be replaced. I've definitely got some extreme icicles that happen on my house.
0: Mm. Now, I think we all get some icicles, right? Or are there like uh... dream mansions where there's not <laughs> a single icicle? It's so perfectly insulated. There, are, There's a lot of houses, but, you know, it's, is it's... your home one of them? Is it like, yes, (laughs) yes it is. So you're cooler than us in yet another manner too.
2: (laughs) So again, it's not always necessary about insulation too. I want to increase your R value, but Mm -hmm. I also have to look that you have proper ventilation. Mm -hmm. Ventilation is very critical in this as well. Because, like, when I was telling about the R value, that's the rate that the heat transfers through that. Even if you have an R49, right, you still get a little bit of heat transfer through that. It doesn't entirely slow it down, other than spray foam, but... It'll so you still have to get the ventilation. So you got to have your soffits and your eaves. You have to have plenty of those. A lot of new houses, uh, the roofs have its code. They have to put ridge vents in. Yeah. So that's how you ventilate a house. Um, that's when it comes into play in the winter, so that the heat, sure. not necessarily made, you know, melting the snow, but it comes very important in the you know ventilation in the summer as well. Because you have to vent your attic, you keep your house cool. It's very hot outside. Cooler nights, you know, the temperature fluctuates in your right. attic. That leads to moisture. That leads to mold. That becomes a different problem. So, how often do you see
1: mold? In
2: I see it quite a bit. You really? know. I, I'm all day long going in and out of attics or looking at homes. Um, I, can, I can see when it's there. It's scary. So. Do
0: you see lots of really bad We we just had a segment that we talked <laughs> about. Mold. And right after this segment, we're going to talk about more mold. Mm. So when you run into it, do you run into it like, oh, it's just a little bit, no big deal? And sometimes do you go like, okay, we're going to have to burn this whole house. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't have to burn it. You can treat it. <laughs> you don't I, have I, to burn I, it. Sorry. Have you seen it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you now, go. I may play the idiot, Chaz, <laughs> but I'm not a complete idiot. Right, right. But um, how bad do you see it? Do you sometimes see some pretty serious infestations? Uh, sometimes I see some pretty bad ones. Wow. You know,
2: sometimes I see just a little bit, and you know, the homeowner could treat it themselves. There's things that you can do, but when I see it really, really bad, um, I do have a, a relationship with a, a guy that has a molding company, so he gives me referrals. I give him referrals because I'll go in and I'll see it first, and I'll, sure. I'll let the home, I'll let the homeowners know. Yeah, I take plenty of pictures and let them see. What's in their attic?
1: Because you want Um, to get that taken care of if you're going to go into that space. Well, when I
2: share those photos with them, they don't know because how many times does a homeowner go up in their attic?
1: Yeah. I'm not, afraid
2: to. Not too. very
0: often. No, yeah. that's not a, something you do on a regular basis. <laughs> Normally, I'm not finding anything good. How right. about speaking of infestations? This has no bearing on anything. I'm just curious. How about like critters and stuff? Oh, you went into lots of that. Yeah, yeah, you can. Families see. of raccoons and stuff.
2: Well, I don't go up there when there's raccoons.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. got some boundaries.
2: I have some boundaries. <laughs> they are not Your nice, limits.
0: but. But it, it doesn't bother me yeah
2: you can see mice activity and yeah okay. you can see bats sometimes but there's things you can do and, and to be honest I'll for my side of it when I see it like that or even they'll call me because of that mm-hmm. uh, we can do complete removals we do a lot of removals removal of the current insulation that's on there whether it's because of the animal yeah, or it's old because you know after a while it breaks down for a while and it doesn't hold the r value how long it's not lifetime yeah,
0: yeah, yeah that, that we wondered about, about that, that.
2: I mean, you know, it's it depends. I mean, 25, 30 years. You know, you may want to think about it. Um,
0: Boy, you ought to time that with a brand new roof. That yeah. way, when everything goes, it all goes. Think about how expensive that could be. Joys of a homeowner. Yeah, right? isn't it great?
2: So fun. But uh, I I don't know if this is the time or place. To, you know, it's but always there's... the
0: time and place.
2: So. There's a lot of things that I let customers know about. I mean, there's when they start doing this stuff, um, the energy companies, Mm -hmm. you know, they're offering rebates. I let the customer know. Sure. Anytime you do anything like this, go get your rebates. And I'll help them afterwards, you know. I can't get it for them, but I'll give them the information they need to go get it. The energy companies, I partner with them all. I talk to them all. It's the most unclaimed thing out there. Really? So go get your rebates. And then I also inform them about the IRA Inflation Reduction Act that came out in January of last year for 10 years. There's a lot of things under that program, but it also to a homeowner for insulation or Mm -hmm. improving the efficiency. It's larger tax credits. Okay. So, you know. So
1: there's some ways to save some money.
2: Yeah. I mean, you improve the insulation of in your walls, your attic, air ceiling, windows, whatever it might be. You right. can put an Energy Star appliance, refrigerator right. in appliance. That's tax credits. So now you get rebates and you get tax credits.
0: And you'll walk people through that. Oh, yeah. And help them. Yeah. I, I stay on top of all that. Make those connections. Oh, Yeah. All right. So, um, one quick question going backwards a bit. You talked about looking at the attics and getting everything figured out, and it's not all, always just about the insulation, it's about the ventilation as well. Is that something you can help them with, oh, yeah. or do you get somebody else to come and take care of that?
2: No, nope, that's part of the, 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 the deal that we do. Um, you know, Kevin and I, uh, we made it part of our practice when we go into an attic, regardless. We put baffles in. Baffles are what goes over your your eaves where your soffits are. Okay, keeps them clear, you know. So the insulation's not piling in on it. And if they don't have enough ventilation, um, you know, they can get it different ways. They can get their siding company to do it, or we can do it as well, you know. We okay, can, we so can add can... we can add additional soffits to to a home. All right, and and we do.
0: And you talked about removing the stuff that was, you know, like if it's gone, you know, it's twenty five years. It's just really not doing what it needs to do it's got to get out or animals have done whatever to it old. what about mold and stuff do you touch that or is that where you get the remediation then
2: i'm going to i'm going to recommend the the guy that i know okay. uh, as a referral
0: all right i think that covers almost all the questions we had there's a million more that we could ask yes. but time is not eternal yet at some point it will be <laughs> right now we still got to function under that. So we're running out of time. Chaz, if our listeners do want to get in touch with you, maybe they've got more questions. They want to get you out to the house, take a look at things, give them an estimate. Yep. How do they get in touch with you?
2: Uh, well, they can visit our website, uh, qualinsulation.com, the Grand Rapids location. Um, they can call our main number, um, 616-333-6667. And that goes to my cell phone and Kevin's cell phone. But I answer it 99%
0: of the time. All right. So if they've got questions, give you a call. Yep. You'll come out. What does the process look like very quickly? Like, Uh, you're going to scope out the area. How long does it take? Is there a charge for that? Nope. Free estimates. Okay.
2: Yep. They give me a call. We'll find a a day and time that works best for both of us. Um, I'll notify them on my way. I'll come out and take a look at it, see what their needs are. I mean, depending on the complexity of the issue, Mm -hmm. I mean... 15 minutes to an hour. It, okay. it depends. All right. It you know, sure. depends on what it is. Sounds good. Um, I usually
0: just allocate an hour, but just to be safe. But, yeah. All right. If you have any questions at all, we encourage you to reach out to Koala Insulation, and we'll put links in the show notes so everybody can find that. Chaz, thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate the time. Yes. All right. Guys. We're going to take a break right now. When we come back, we're going to be talking about 10 different things you can do To hopefully prevent mold and mildew from showing up in your home. That's all just ahead. Stick around. Well, Haley, that last segment has to have put you at ease. Oh, yeah. Mold fears.
1: Yeah. Hearing that it's very common for mold to be in attic spaces when insulation is being looked at. Right,
0: Mm. right. Yeah. (laughs) Now, we started the show talking about mold and mildew. Haley, confirmed or confessed yes. that this was a major fear of hers. We went through that first segment and allayed some of those fears.
1: Yeah, because I feel like, okay, if I've got something, most likely I can smell it.
0: Yep. And then we found out, oh, it can be lurking in our attics <laughs> and we might not even know. <laughs> and that it's very common. Right.
1: Yeah. Not just that it could that to, be there, but yeah. that it's common for so, it to be
0: Mold there. and Mildew, you're listening to the RepcoLite Home Improvement Show, and we would not be the RepcoLite Home Improvement Show. Mm-hmm. Improvement. If we didn't have steps to avoid some of these things you know if all we did was point out problems i don't really know what that would be yeah that would not be what you'd want to listen to we've got answers we went through answers you know what you could do to clean up a mold problem or a mildew problem Mm -hmm. if you got that now let's talk about some ways 10 things that you can do to make sure or at least do your very best To prevent mold and right, let's avoid it altogether. Yeah, you don't want it to take a foothold in your home. So, what are things you can do? One thing you can do: use a dehumidifier.
1: Yeah, you want to try to keep your home's humidity at an ideal level, and that's usually between forty and fifty percent.
0: Right now, one thing that I did for an entirely different reason, I was actually adding. Humidity to my home. You know, I have a humidifier. Yeah, I've just got what that is. Yeah. I didn't even need to explain that. I just someday I won't do that. But then it won't be this show anymore. <laughs> anyway, I bought a humidifier. Which
1: adds humidity.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sure does. That's why I got it. And anyway, the thing that I bought that was so smart, I'm so pleased with was this smart hygrometer. Yeah. It checks the humidity level in the air. And it's a smart one. So it reports on my iPhone. Right. And it's great. I can check what's going on in my guitar room, which is what I needed to humidify. And I can do that without even having to get off the couch. Well, I'm going to get some of these for various areas in the home. They're yeah, inexpensive. Yeah, that's smart. I mean, some of them were 10 bucks. I mean, super inexpensive. Yeah, put it
1: in the crawl space, put it in the basement. Heck yeah.
0: And then I, I mean, can, from my phone, right. check what it is. I won't have to send the children in with a headlamp.
1: Or I'm sure you could get like alerts probably if it's at an an ideal level.
0: Yes. All of that. I think that's a really good idea for areas that are very susceptible to mold and mildew. Right. You could keep an eye on the humidity level. So think about a hygrometer and try to keep the whole home around 40 to 50 percent humidity. All right. Another one. Ventilate well.
1: Right. Like we talked about, bathroom and laundry rooms are especially prone to mold and mildew. So make sure you have the right size ventilation fan. That's very important. There's different sizes of these things. You want to make sure it's fit for your space and then use them for long
0: enough. (laughs) Right. A lot of people turn them off. I turn it off too soon because it's noisy. It's annoying so you turn it off right away you're actually supposed to leave them running for about 20 minutes after a shower yeah to really evacuate the moisture out of the air so make sure you're running it long enough exactly a third thing that you can do is to practice really good storage techniques so keep your stored items several inches off concrete floors and away from foundation walls where moisture can seep in
1: yeah it's especially important if you're storing things like cardboard boxes or papers or anything wood all those porous materials that could you know eventually get oh molded. yeah they're mildew. just sitting
0: there with calling cards out saying mold mildew. <laughs> look what i've got for you get those things up off the floor and also try to use plastic or metal shelves in potentially damp areas right yeah that's good advice yeah because you could build all these wonderful wood shelves but they're very well one of the things we said in our list was wood. It's wood <laughs> yeah so my shelves are full of mold <laughs> and that just translated to everything so metal or plastic in those damp areas a fourth thing Avoid basement carpets if possible. Right. I know this isn't completely possible in all situations, and maybe it's not even desirable in all situations, but it's something to think about. Carpets can be a haven for mold, especially in below-grade spaces where humidity yeah. tends to be a little higher.
1: Hard surfaces like any of those luxury vinyls or you know laminates
0: are going to be way better. Right, and think about it. It's luxury. Luxury. Vinyl plank, <laughs> Right? Luxury. Who doesn't want that in their home? Carpet? It's not called luxury carpet. <laughs> if you really want to have the upper end of everything, you want the luxury vinyl planking. But yeah, it's not going to have the, the mold and mildew concerns. Yes. I don't know if that's something that everybody's going to do. I'm not going to be pulling the carpet out of the basement Your room basement. that I've got where the carpet is because yeah. I've never had moisture there. Right. But... If I, mean, I have to replace something to it look at, though. Right. If I'm replacing it down the road, I'll consider. Yeah. Hey, a lot will be determined by what it looks like when I pull it up. Yeah, right. <laughs> if it looks like a, uh, a science experiment gone horribly awry, then maybe it's that. time for vinyl planking. For sure, don't put carpet in crawl spaces. And I don't know Dan. if anybody else has that, <laughs> but it's all over the place in my crawl space.
1: Yeah, and you didn't put it there, to be fair. It was there when you moved in. No,
0: but I sure would have. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't even think about this stuff, but now I do. I'm getting it out. Get it out of your crawl space. Another thing, don't forget your laundry room. Don't leave wet clothes in your washing machine. Totally. Hanson, Hanson children. Yeah. I'm sure we're the only ones who have ever, ever done this or or have such a an epidemic, epidemic. problem <laughs> happening in the home. But, yeah, we'll wash stuff, leave it there. Four days later, what is that? Oh, Horrendous no. stink. Oh, that's all our clean clothes. Oh, that's gross. Then they throw them through the dryer. No! Everything stinks. Don't leave it in the water. Remember, we talked 24 to 48 hours before mold and mildew is starting to set in. Don't leave that stuff in the washer. Well, open then, up the washer. Right,
1: yeah. Leave the door of the washer open, especially if you've got one of those front loaders. Um, but top loaders, too. Just leave it open.
0: Yeah. So sixth thing you can do, keep the air moving in your home. Stagnant air traps, humidity. So open windows, use fans, or run your HVAC system. You know, Just keep the air moving. Yeah. Use an indoor air purifier. This is number yes. seven.
1: I love a good air purifier. I want to talk about the one I just got. Um, it's brilliant.
0: Are you going to talk about it now or much. are you going to no, wait on that? I'm going to wait. Okay. I Teaser. Setting us up for something, and I was freaked out because that was not allotted for in our notes and our planning. So we'll talk about that in the future, but yes. an air, air purifier, that can do great things. Haley loves it, Haley approved, yep. more info coming soon. Eight, change your HVAC and air purifier filters regularly. Yes, They're designed to catch pull mold the mold spores. spores.
1: So if you're just letting it sit there and not changing those things, then you're growing mold. Yeah, you're
0: doing <laughs> a bad thing here. Number nine, fix water problems fast. We've talked about this. I've said it two or three different times, but I'm going to say it one more time because for me, this was the big takeaway in Mm -hmm. all of this. Mold and mildew can begin to grow in just 24 to 48 hours after a surface has been dampened. So if you notice a leak or you experience flooding, don't delay. This isn't a project for the weekend. It's something you want to get on right now because it could develop into a problem very quickly and get out of hand.
1: Right. And if it's not something that you personally can deal with by yourself, you're waiting for a professional to come and at least get a dehumidifier in that space to start removing some of that moisture. Yeah.
0: Get a dehumidifier going. Get fans running. Do everything you can to start getting the area dried out. Yeah. Don't wait. Don't wait. All right. Number 10. And this one is really fun. I like this one because there's probably people who are sitting there thinking, wow, I'm doing all of these things. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything to do. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's always fun to have something to give to everybody. Number 10 applies to every single one of us. Inspect for mold and mildew regularly. You know, you you know the areas that are susceptible to mold and mildew. We've talked about them. Yeah. The crawl spaces, bathrooms, things like that. Inspect these areas on a regular basis. And if we have heavy rains or something like that, take a peek at your home's weak points. You know, right. Even if you don't usually get water in those spaces.
1: Because you found, I think you've talked about it multiple times, your crawl space, you know, there was a heavy rain and for some reason you checked it.
0: I don't know why I checked it. I checked it and, yep, water had come in, soaked the carpet. Fortunately, I found it. It was not fun to clean up, a lot of work. But if I hadn't found it at that right. point, if I'd have just found it a, a couple of days later, who knows what could have been starting. Exactly. You know, I think it still would have been all right. I could have controlled it, but... I might not have checked it for a month. Exactly. So keep an eye on these spaces, especially when we have some unusual rains or something like that. It's the best thing you can do. All right. Haley, that's all the time we've got. We're going to wrap it up. If you want to catch this one again, you can find it online at RepcoLite.com. Whatever you do today, make sure paint's a part of it. I'm Dan Hanson.
1: I'm Haley Johnson. Thanks for listening.